Welcome back to Epilogues, an unpacking of the weekly Haftarah. You are listening to Rabbi Yaakov Trump. Our Haftarah is the Haftarah of Parshas Mishpatim, and it is found in Yirmiyahu, Perik, Lamedal, Patsaches, Tuchov Beis, and then the last two psukim come from the to- last two psukim in Perik, Lamed Gimel. The topic of our Haftarah is freeing the slaves. It starts off with a little bit of narrative and then HaKadosh Baruch Hu's response to that narrative. So it starts off by describing that this is a prophecy given to Yirmiyahu from Hashem at the time that Yirmiyahu made a bris, made a covenant with the people in the community to free their slaves. Likroi lohem dror. Dror is liberty, freedom. That's where the liberty bell gets its name from, is Parshas Bahar, this idea of dror. Likroi dror ba'aret, so referring to the Yovel. What happened? The, the covenant was for everybody to free their slaves. Anybody, any uh, person who had an Israelite bondsman or bondswoman, freed them in Yerushalayim. And all the people um, heard about this and they agreed to send out their, um, their, their slaves and they released them. However, afterwards, then the people took back their slaves. And they took them back as their slaves. So Hashem speaks out against these people and says, I made a covenant with your forefathers when I took you out of Egypt. And when I freed you from your bondage of slavery, that every seven years, if you have to employ somebody because they need to earn money and they are an Israelite, you have to send them out at the end of seven years. And however, you did not listen to this as well. And now you, you, you continue to do what was right by sending them out. But then you you brought back your slaves. You created a terrible chilol Hashem, a desecration of the name of God. Therefore, Hashem says, Lachain, the turning point is Yod Zion, where he describes, because you didn't listen to me, I'm going to call liberty. I'm going to free upon you the sword, the pestilence, the famine. I'm going to make you a call, a feeble call for all the nations of the world, of the earth, because you made a covenant, you broke the, the words of the covenant of walking between the parts of the animal and he calls upon the noblemen and the, and the royal folks of Yehuda and Jerusalem, all those people who, are, who essentially took this covenant, and because they ignored it, they will all be turned in, they'll be killed, left as, as corpses in the fields for the uh, birds of the heaven and the beasts of the earth. And Zedekiah, the king of Yehuda, and all his de- cabinet will be taken and killed by their enemies why? Because you did this. this. The city will be destroyed, your your enemies will return, and the land will be desolate. That's the the, the, the prophecy. And then it concludes by, a, the really, the last two psukim cap it off from the end of the previous parak, which I brought in in the Torah here, which is where HaKadosh Baruch Hu once again tell, t- uh, tells them that if it was not for my covenant, in your mom if it weren't for my covenant of heaven, covenant my, I would not uphold the heavens, I would not uphold the earth. That I disgust, I, I am dis, uh, upset with the fact that an Israelite could be a slave to another Israelite. And that's really sort of sets the tone for the Torah. Just a few background pieces of, yeah, when is this happening? What is going on? What is the context of the Torah? The Malbim explains that this happens over here in the seventh year um, um, of the reign of Tzidkiyahu Amelech. So Tzidkiyahu is the last king of Israel without going through the full history. But at this point in time, Babylon is in full power. 
Um, Yirmiyahu has advised the Israelites not to band together with Egypt, not to hold alliances to fight against Babylon. Rather, it is important, he tells them to, to, to um, submit, to pay taxes to the Babylonians because they do not have the zuchus, they do not have the merit to fight against them. People ignore, the noblemen ignore Yirmiyahu and they convince Yitzhakiah, the king, to make an alliance with Egypt and ultimately and Jerusalem comes under siege. Jerusalem has had a few sieges already because the Babylonians have already come during the reign of the previous king, Yoyakim, a number of times. Ultimately, they, they exiled some of the, the, the 10,000 of the great, the great artisans and sages of Jerusalem already. They, they, then they came back and deposed of Yoyakim and put his son Yechonia on the throne. Then they came back and took back Yechonia. So the Babylonians have been to town a number of times. Zikiah is now the, the king on the throne, and as he turns towards Egypt as his, for his sense of security rather than, than to Hashem, and he thinks he can fight, the Babylonians come into Jerusalem, they besiege Jerusalem, and interestingly enough, at this critical moment, that's when this episode occurs. Why is that important? Because what happens is, as the city is under siege, of course, water and food is running out, and there's a concern there's a, that, that militarily, the first people who are going to perhaps rebel and join the, the ranks of the enemy will be, in fact, the slaves, the Hebrew bondsmen, because they are the ones who are going to obviously have the most, ba- most difficult of jobs and they probably have the least amount of food under the siege. And there's a real concern that they will, in fact, defect to the Babylonians. So as a throwing a bone to them to give them a little more, we'll call loyalty to the, those inside the city, they free their slaves. And that's the, the purpose of this, this covenant that Sidkiel makes, is because of fear of them turning coat. That's really what, what precipitates this, explains the Malbim. However, then what, the, what happens is, is that the Egyptians, who really are in alliance with Israel, um, seeing that Jerusalem is under siege, go and send their fleet their, their, um, out to attack the Babylonians up the coast. The Babylonians have to recede from Jerusalem. And the moment they recede to go fight Egypt, that's when the deal is reneged upon. That's when it really takes back their slaves because now it, they clearly weren't doing this in good conscience. They were just doing this pragmatically. And that's when HaKadosh Baruch Hu steps in as well. What that means as well um, is, is that... Um, um, it, it's, it actually is very important to, to appreciate this, is, is that from the people's perspective, imagine what this is like. They knew that uh, just a century prior, Chizkiyahu um, was the king of, of Jerusalem. It was besieged by the Assyrians. And overnight, miraculously, the Assyrians were killed and disappeared. And they thought this would happen this time as well because the false prophets were saying that Israel would ultimately win. And Yirmiyahu was saying, it's not going to happen this time. It's, you don't have the merit. The Babylonians will destroy you if you fight. And Yirmiyahu was seen as a traitor because of these words. And when this happened, and when the Babylonians did in, indeed recede, and the reason they did is to fight off the Egyptians, which they did in short order, um, people started rejoicing and saying, ah, oh, you see Yirmiyahu, you're wrong. They incarcerate Yirmiyahu as a traitor um, and, uh, and, and go about their regular lives um, taking back their slaves. They don't for a moment imagine that the, the Babylonians will come back. That's why this is such a critical theological moment as well. And they're taking back the slaves as an example of their lack of trust in Hashem and their lack of faith and um, respect for, um, for other human beings. That's what seems to be happening over here. Why is this branded as a Chil Hashem? Why is this seen as a desecration of the name of Hashem? So it seems that um, that uh, um, that when one human being 
will enslave another human being and not give them an out. Not to re- it's not seen as a function of rehabilitating them, giving the opportunity to earn money and put, uh, get themselves back on their feet, but really it's just see, seen as abusing another human being. That is the greatest chil Hashem because Hashem's tzelem is found in that person and you are not not allowing that person to have their independent reality. That's what it seems to be saying over here. Well, now you'll say at the end of this uh, this. Uh, this this, I've thought of this sort of this idea, evoking the idea of Ben Abbasarim, the idea of walking between the parts of this Egel, what does it refer to? So as the Mepharshim explained, in the old days, like the Brits Ben Abbasarim in Pashas Lech Lecha, a way a covenant was made was that it would split an animal in half and the two parties would walk between the two halves and it would signify the closing of that covenant. And what seems to be saying said over here is that because they made a covenant to free their slaves, it makes even more the worse. Because not only are they reneging on their covenant now that they made with their slaves, that Zikiel brought them in, and they're, they're ignoring that, they're ignoring the covenant that Hashem made with them. Avodaihem, they are my slaves, avodim, avodim. And they are not slaves of slaves. So it's, the covenant of Zikiel is an echo to the covenant of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, both of which are being ignored in this case as well. Um, what is a quid pro quo? Why is this the punishment? So the Radak says, you'll be ownerless in front of your enemies. And no one will look out for you. It'll be like you are ownerless. Because you you took hold of these people and took away their freedom, well, Hashem says, well, I'm releasing you and I'm not going to be your Adon anymore because obviously you think that the real owner is a human being. Well, let's see how you fend for yourselves. And that's what's really happening over here, says the Radak. When we go to the last two Psukim, that sort of capstone moment of the Haftarah, um, where it goes back to Paraglamid Gimel, this idea of the covenant of heavens and earth and um, and the the covenant of with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. What does that mean exactly? What is the parallel to this as well? Um, so it sounds like that is that it's been described is that if Hakadosh Baruch Hu only allows the laws of nature to operate, Hashem only allows this world to operate in good standing and in good faith because they themselves are following Hakadosh Baruch Hu's rules. And if the if the rules of morality are not are not kept, then the rules of nature as well can falter because the one are dependent upon the other. And that's also being described. The chukas shamayim va'aretz are dependent on the, the actions of the human being. And that's what's, that's what's being conveyed to us. Obviously a very profound idea, which is what's being said to the nation of Israel, is that when your morality it needs checking, then ultimately your safety is going to as well. With this, we conclude the Haftarah. Um, have a wonderful and meaningful day and a beautiful Shabbos.